May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. I've been reading um, this book, just started Oliver Berkman's book, 4,000 Weeks. It's been a Sunday Times bestseller, you might have heard of it. And um, the perhaps slightly sobering truth is that we each have, if we have an average lifespan in this country, just 4,000 weeks to live. Uh, which doesn't perhaps sound all that many. And um, he's pointing out how we've become obsessed in our age with cramming as much into those 4,000 weeks as we possibly can. So we have books with titles like Extreme Productivity or Smarter, Faster, Better. Um, There's a website called Life's Hacks, which is all about shaving seconds off everyday um, tasks. People are using meal replacement drinks to save time not having to prepare food or clear it up. But his argument is that this is not making us more happy and fulfilled and more satisfied in life. So we we keep on trying to get things done and get things out of the way and finish our to-do list with the hope that somehow once that's happened we'll reach those more important and satisfying things in life and uh, we will find fulfilment but it doesn't happen. And uh, we find ourselves, um, Berkman's argument anyway, seemed true to me, more empty and dissatisfied and frustrated than our ancestors were. Now, um, my experience and observation is that this, let's call it a doing addiction, and it is every bit as addictive and sometimes as damaging as any other addiction, to alcohol or pornography or drugs or gambling. And I know that I've got an element of this, this doing addiction. Um, one reason I know is that my, one of my sons says to me that the, the phrase he most associates with me as he was growing up is me saying, well, I must be getting on. And I find I've just had a holiday and that the first 10 days I've got kind of quite serious withdrawal symptoms. So we're going to look at Luke, this passage we've just had read, Luke 10, 38-42, which I think has something to say to this doing addiction. It's not a magic wand. It won't uh, immediately cure us of that if we have it, but I think it has got a truth which helps us to battle the addiction. Well, let's remind ourselves of the story. The day's getting on, um, the sun is beginning to set, and Jesus and his disciples need somewhere to stay. They're near Bethany. And uh, very good friends of Jesus live there, two sisters, Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus. 
And uh, I can imagine if it was the day of the mobile phone, if they'd been invented then, Jesus would whip out his phone and he'd say, Hi Martha, uh, we're about half an hour away. Um, any chance of a meal and a bed for the night? No, don't panic, Martha, it's fine. You, you don't, don't do it for any special trouble, just something simple, bread and cheese, that'll be fine. Anyway, he arrives, and of course, she has gone to tremendous trouble, and she's panicked. She's thought, the spare room's not dusted, and the bed's not made, I want to put on a really special meal, and I haven't got much food in the house, I've got no flowers, and so she's in, she's in a, real, a real fluster. Well, Jesus arrives at the house, and I don't suppose he had much luggage, but once he dumped it in, the, in his room and perhaps um, washed his face and feet as they did in those days, he came and sat in their living room, uh, maybe on a chair or couch, and we read in the story that Mary, quote, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And perhaps you can picture her sitting there on a cushion, legs curled up under her, gazing up, um, entranced. And by the way, notice how ahead of his day Jesus was, because in those days women didn't go to school, let alone a university, and most rabbis would feel it was beneath them to teach a woman. But Jesus regularly did, and they were indeed his best pupils. Now, meanwhile, Martha's in the kitchen, and uh, she's really going to town on the, uh, the meal, and the text refers to all the preparations, many tasks, and much serving. So this is not just pizza and chips from the freezer. Um, it's, I don't know, maybe a five-course meal, starting with a green salad, then a fish course, then roast lamb with garlic and rosemary, then cheese, and then maybe a fig pudding. And she works away and she gets really stressed. Jesus says she was, verse 41, worried and upset. And the more upset she gets, the more cross she gets. And I, I imagine her, perhaps a bit red in the face, banging the saucepans down, banging the glasses on the table as she lays the table, staring daggers at Mary, hoping she'll get the hint, but she doesn't. She just stays on listening. Now, you know how it is when, you, when you're really cross, for most of us, we bottle it up, we bottle it up, and then finally it bursts out. And it says in verse 40, she came to Jesus, and the Greek word is, is, is quite a violent word, she exploded into the room. She said, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? And Jesus' first two words to Martha are so telling. Martha, Martha. And in, in, in his language, and, and even today, I guess, it's a, that's a tender way of speaking. David, King David, said of his son Absalom, who'd been killed, Absalom, oh Absalom, my son, my son. So he loves her, he cares for her, he understands her frustration. But he won't do what she asks. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary's chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now I'm prepared to bet on whose side you're on in this story. I bet you're on Martha's side. And uh, I bet you think Mary's like one of those rather overpious people who says the Lord this, the Lord that. But somehow, if there's any housework to be done or the coffee to be served in church, you never see them. 
Though what we need to, well, there are a number of things we could say about that, but one of them in the story is to notice that Martha is doing far more than is necessary. Verse 40 refers to all the preparations and 41, many things. And what this means is that Martha's going over the top. Jesus lived a frugal life. He's only got, he hasn't got long left on earth. He's on his way to Jerusalem to die. He came to teach and to preach. And actually at this moment, all that was needed was a simple meal. With then time to listen to him. So what she's doing is not actually necessary or even appropriate at this moment. We've probably all had that experience of um, going to somebody for a meal and they're going to tremendous trouble like Martha. And they're stressed and worried and it takes a long time. And actually we never get round to having a decent conversation with them because they're so taken up with the preparations. And we think actually it would be much better if it had just been simpler. Well, it's like that with Martha. Now, how does this story speak into this doing addiction? Well, there are two words that jump out to me. The words needed and the word better. So Jesus says that what Mary did is the one thing needed and it's better. What's the equivalent for us of what Mary was doing? We can't literally sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him. Well, to sit at somebody's feet in those days, even today, was to be under their authority. So the Apostle Paul said he came to Jerusalem, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, which means he, he was instructed by him as his teacher. And to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him is fundamentally, in the first place, to put ourselves under the authority of Jesus, our Good Shepherd. It's, it's what happened to me, as I described just now, on 7th of February 1980. Stephen Fry um, said, the, the broadcaster and, and, and actor, he said, what the humanist has to do is to find an authority in themselves. What the Christian has to do is to find their authority in Jesus Christ and his words. And that's fundamentally what it means to sit at his feet and listen to him. And then that will be expressed in daily life by focused attention on him. And we can do that in many ways, and I, I'm sure you do this. We're doing it right now. This is one way of doing it, coming to this short service, attending public worship on Sunday, maybe reading a verse, spending five minutes in the morning reading a verse from the Bible and a comment on it, having a ten-minute prayer walk, just taking a verse of Scripture with you through the day, having an open Bible by your bedside to remind you that's what you live by. Various ways of doing it. And I believe this is part of the answer to our doing addiction. The word needed helps us to tackle that doing addiction. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Peter said to Jesus, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And to listen and receive the words of Jesus Christ is as vital as oxygen is for the body because they alone will lead us to eternal salvation. They alone have the power to give us eternal life in paradise. And remembering that, I think, has got the power to help us put other things in their place. They're nice to have, but not needed. 
If we have listened to and received and believed the words of Jesus, we've got, we've, we've got the only thing we absolutely need. Many other things may be precious, and they are good and valuable, but they're not absolutely necessary. Because that word ushers us into um, eternal life. Um, somebody once said to me, they, they, a sort of tip for how to deal with things that worry us. He said, um, imagine how you will think about that thing in a year's time. And of course, if you do that, you realise it will be fairly insignificant. Well, if we're caught up in this doing addiction, let's try and remember that we've got the one thing that's needed. The words of eternal life. And from that perspective of eternal life, everything on our to-do list will look relatively trivial. Even if, even if it is become the next Prime Minister. So, secondly and finally, the word better helps us tackle our doing addiction. And the words of Jesus Christ are better. To listen to them is better than anything else because of the message we hear in them, which is a gift of righteousness, not based on anything we do, but faith in him. That we are saved not because of anything we've done, but because of God's purpose and grace. We don't have to achieve anything to be a worthy person. We don't have to merit God's love. We don't have to justify our existence. And that in itself is so good. So much better than any other message we hear in the world, which basically says you're only as good as your last achievement. But I think also it's got the power to set us free to do what Mary did at the level of relationship with another human being. That's to say, Mary's listening to Jesus as the divine son of God, but also just as a human being, listening deeply to another human being. And it's listening deeply to somebody else that leads to deep relationship and in the end, that is so much better than any list of achievements. We all know that one of the major casualties of the doing addiction is relationships. Time and time again, people have become CEO, or general, or member of the cabinet, but relationships are in tatters. And I think we know that's a price not worth paying. Martha had an elaborate meal Mary had a deep conversation. Which of those two things is more satisfying and fulfilling and rewarding in the long run? Actually, in the short term, it may be the meal. Because relationships can be boring and difficult and complex. But long term, I think we know that they offer vastly more satisfaction and fulfilment. Now, the last thing I want to do is make you feel guilty today. I'm burdened. Um, I have a doing addiction. You may too. I don't think I've made all that much progress on it. And I'm helped by the thought that Jesus says to me, Mike, Mike. And he says that to you. You'll know. He understands. He knows it's difficult. But on the other hand, I do find in this story, and especially those two words, needed and better, a power to challenge my doing addiction um, and I hope you will too. So you'll probably forget most of what I've said, um, but I hope you'll remember this picture. Martha flustered, striving, over-busy, Mary sitting, listening, and finding peace 
and joy in those words of Jesus Christ. May we be inspired to imitate Mary. Let's pray for a moment. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this little story, so short but so beautiful. May we find in it power to fight that doing addiction, those of us for whom that is a problem, and we'll all meet other people for whom it's a problem, by knowing that hearing and receiving your words is actually the only thing we really need, and it's better than anything else we can find. For your name's sake. Amen.